turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, February the 25th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 25, 1986, President Ferdinand Marcos fled the Philippines after 20 years of rule. The reason? They had discovered there was election fraud. The election had been rigged. Today in 1791, President George Washington signed a bill creating the Bank of the United States. Today in 1793, President George Washington, he was pretty busy back in those days, President George Washington held the first cabinet meeting on record at his Mount Vernon home. Attending the meeting was, I thought you'd find this interesting, the first cabinet meeting, 1793. Present were Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton, Secretary of War Henry Knox, and Attorney General Edmund Randolph. Today in 1836, Samuel Colt patented the first revolving cylinder multi-shot firearm. The revolver was born. I have a Colt revolver. Today in 1901, the United States Steel Corporation was incorporated by J.P. Morgan. Today in 1913, the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution that gave Congress the power to levy and collect income taxes. That was declared in effect. Yes, it is in effect, isn't it? Still to this day. Today in 1919, Oregon became the first state to tax gasoline, one cent per gallon. The money, they said, would all go into road maintenance. Well, since 1919, we've learned that Oregon, along with most all other states, I think all of them, they take the money on the gasoline tax, but it doesn't all go into road repair, does it? Today, in 1964, Muhammad Ali, he was then known as Cassius Clay. That was his real name. He became the world heavyweight boxing champion. He defeated Sonny Liston. You may remember those names. I do. Today in 2018, China's official news agency said the country's ruling Communist Party had proposed scrapping term limits for China's president. That appeared to lay the groundwork for Xi, the current president, to rule as president beyond 2023 indefinitely. Communist Party agreed with that, of course. One year ago today, U.S. health officials warned that the coronavirus, they were calling it the Wuhan virus, then everybody was calling it that because that's what we did in the world when a virus, excuse me, when a virus became viral and went around the world and whatever, it was always identified by where it had started. It wasn't racist. It wasn't even intended to be demeaning. It was just what it was. But all of a sudden, China, their feelings got hurt about it. They raised a little bit of a resistance, and the world rushed 
to cancel that word. Wuhan virus. Can't say that anymore. It's the coronavirus. It's COVID-19. Anyway, U.S. US health officials were telling us one year ago today that it looked like this might spread more widely. We should probably pay attention to it, the CDC said. Yesterday, I was talking a little bit about reparations and about writing checks to blacks because their ancestors were slaves. That's a sensitive subject, and I said that yesterday when I was talking about it. Later yesterday afternoon, I was reading and studying, doing a little research for today's program. We're going to talk about something different today, but I came across something that Star Parker, she's a black woman, a rising star in America as far as conservative, and she has a Christian testimony. She's well-liked. She's very articulate, very honest, and very well-spoken. And she's doing a great job of what she does. She founded an organization. It's called, uh, the acronym is CURE. It um, It's Center for Renewal and Education, C-U-R-E. It involves about 800 pastors. I think most of them are black. I'm not sure, but many of them are. And she has this network of, of pastors. There's about 800 in, their, in the network now. And they're working on inner city issues and issues particularly uh, unique to the black community. And she, she does a great job on that. She comes at it from a position of faith, but a position of understanding and honesty as well. So I pay attention to what she says. I've never met her, but I... I appreciate what she's doing. Yesterday, she wrote an article, and it just struck my attention. I thought, i got to share this with our listeners. I'm not, I'm not going to share all of it, but let me just share a part of what she said yesterday. It was about the subject that we were talking about yesterday, earlier in the day, yesterday morning. A part of what she said, she she's talking about the House Judiciary Committee and the hearings on H.R. 40 and all of this stuff that's going on. She said they, they've created a commission to look into ways which African-Americans could be compensated, including possible payments of trillions of dollars to individuals. And so that's the setup to what she says personally. Later in her article, she says this, and I quote, My ancestors were slaves, and my life as a young woman was a mess. Was my life a mess because my ancestors were slaves? I don't think so. My life was a mess because I lived a wanton, irresponsible existence defined by promiscuity, petty crimes, and scamming the nation's well-meaning but totally confused welfare system to the greatest extent of my ability. Did I need reparations to turn things around for me? Certainly not. I needed a wake-up call, which, to my great gratitude, I got from a few church-going black Christians who told me the way I was living was unacceptable. I went to church. I took back responsibility for my life and turned my circumstances around. She says the problem with the idea of reparations as it redirects attention away from exactly where the attention is needed on individuals' personal responsibility for their own unique lives. And it redirects attention in such a way to encourage individuals to believe that some abstract collective entity from the past is the cause of all their individual problems in the present. She said, compensation for damages is a basic legal principle. It's about personal responsibility. Individual A sues individual B for damages caused exactly what the damages were and exactly how B injured A must be shown in a court of law. Today, 
she says, I'm quoting Star Parker, if you just tuned in, today only a small fraction of our population has ancestors who were around before 1865 when slavery was legal. The idea of collective guilt with no specific individual identified as causing the damage and no specific individual showing how he or she was damaged doesn't fly. She said, if there are any legitimate claim of collective guilt, it is the guilt of original sin, which we learn about in the book of Genesis. Every man and woman is imperfect and responsible for fixing themselves, and by doing so, helping to fix the world. There is no word more frequently used in political discussions and freedom, but rarely discussed is what gives meaning to the word freedom, and that is the understanding that individuals have free choice, the power and responsibility to choose how to live. She said, only when we understand that there is good and evil, that there is sin, does free choice have meaning. It means individuals have the power and the responsibility to choose how they live, that their individual choices matter. She continues, but I thought that was so well said, and I wanted to leave that with you this morning. It touched my heart. I appreciated what she said. She can say it in a way that I certainly could not. My ancestors were not slaves. Hers were. And here we are today in 2021. The left is trying to hold on to anything. They don't care what it is, whether it's slavery, prostitution, pornography, transgender. It doesn't matter what the issue is. They try to hold on to that and use it as a wedge, as a, a, a bludgeoning uh, article or issue that they can divide, further divide. As long as there is chaos in the world, the left thrives. That's what the progressive left ideology is based upon. That's why it's always important. It has always been important that we stay close to the word of God. But more so today than probably any time in recent history, we've got to stay close to the Bible because there is so much confusion, so many webs of deception being woven and spun and put out there in our in our society today. I know in my lifetime, yes, I'm over 40. I have not seen the amount of deception and we have the methods to disseminate it with. We have the internet, we have more broadcast and all of this and print and all of this more than ever before. So there's more opportunities for people to put out more fake news, more deception than ever before. I think the verses that we read in the Bible are always true. They're infallible word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit as these imperfect men wrote these words. They were used in a higher way than perhaps they even realized at the time they were writing them. But when they wrote those words today, those words are more poignant even than when they wrote them. And they've always been infallible and poignant. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open under their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That's what Star Parker was talking about in her article yesterday. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? As long as we stay on the path of 
goodness, and that is the biblical path, the biblical worldview. And as long as we look at everything that's going on in our world today through the lens of God's word, because God's word is the only thing in this world, honest it is, that isn't changing. Everything else is up for grabs. And the left, God loves them. And I've preached the gospel to the left, and I've seen them walk the aisles of our church. And some of you listening to this program today, you know you were there, sometimes by the dozens, to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. God loves the left. God loves the right. He makes no distinction between the people. But I will tell you, the left is perpetrating a lie that is so, it is so destructive that we're seeing all of the evidence in our culture today. We're seeing the evidence of what we've been telling our little kids and our grandkids as they've sat in classrooms locked in, mandatorily, getting educated by the government, by state-run schools, public education. And now we're seeing the result of that. They've been told there is no winning and losing. Go play a sport, play baseball, but we won't keep score because... We don't want anyone to win or lose. There are no consequences in the world of progressivism. Just do what you want to do. There are no rules. There are no absolutes. There are There is no truth. What you believe is your truth and what I believe is my truth, and we'll live happily ever after. The problem with that is we don't live happily ever after because there is an order to things because there is a creator, an intelligent design that is permeated through all that exists. The universe, the solar systems, and in your and my own personal life. If we do this, that will happen. Whether we believe it or not, whether we think it or not, whether we want to accept it or not, that is the way it is, and that's absolute truth. And God's word is absolute truth. All other is an attempt to discover, perhaps, God's truth. We hear about science all the time. Got to follow the science. Got to follow the science. Well, of course we have to follow the science if the science is based on truth. And science is only based on truth when it is synced up with God's word. And so there's all this confusion in our culture. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Whatever is going on out there, and it is crazy, Who can harm you when the face of the Lord is against the evil and the Lord is with those who walk in righteousness? He doesn't prefer us. I mean, not that he's giving us special. It's just the way it is. That is a absolute truth. If you follow the Lord and live according to his, to the best of your ability and ask him to forgive you when you sin, and we sin often, But when we walk with the Lord in the goodness of his grace and mercy and forgiveness and truth, what can man do to you? Well, man can do to you what Satan did to Adam and Eve, confuse you. And that's where we are today. Deuteronomy chapter 33, 27, verse 27 says, The eternal God is thy refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. We destroy the enemy by turning our eyes 
on Jesus and looking full in his wonderful face. America's three most prominent networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, are silent. Again, they're ignoring, completely ignoring. They didn't even mention it last night. Sexual harassment claims against Governor Andrew Cuomo. He's their rising star, you know. He's their, their guy. They, they have been saying he is the model governor. <laughs> now it's all falling apart at his feet. We found out a couple of days ago that Cuomo, who has got an ego bigger than all outdoors, we learned, I think it was about three weeks ago this story first came out. Uh, ABC, NBC, CBS were very quiet about it back then as well, but it came out that, yeah, he was putting elderly people back into nursing homes who had COVID-19, and he knew it, and he was covering up. He wasn't reporting it. He was just sticking them back in there with others that weren't infected. I mean, it was a horrible. It was it was disgraceful. It was horrible. It was barbaric what he was doing to those elderly people in New York, but he was doing it. So finally, people on his own staff blew the whistle, and they said, man, this is wrong. So it all came out. The news finally had to cover it. Well, now a person very close to him, working very closely to him, has come out, a woman. And she says, former deputy secretary, very attractive woman. I saw a picture of her. She says that he was very inappropriate with her. She said he forcibly kissed her on the lips during a one-on-one briefing, suggested they play strip poker during a plane ride. And she says, he used to touch me all the time on my lower back, arms, and legs. Is she telling the truth? Well, I don't know. I don't know her, but it certainly deserves. She's been seen as a very stable, legitimate, and a highly skilled person by him and others. So do we believe her? I don't know, but shouldn't someone look into that? ABC, NBC, and CBS didn't even mention it in their news last night. And they won't until they become so uncomfortable and so called out that they have to report on it because he is a star among the progressive left. And that's the kind of a world that we live in today, deception. I want to talk to you a little bit more about deception today in the media and how they're, they're, they're continuing to weave this web of misinformation under the guise of trying to get to the bottom of the misinformation and disinformation from the conservative media outlets. I want to take a moment today to thank you for your support of this ministry. I get email. I got an email this morning. I actually got it last night. I read it this morning from someone who listens. And he just simply said, you know, be strong, carry on, persevere. So many of you say that. It, 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 this is not, an e- I'm not complaining. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm up for it. But this is not an easy task to do what we do and say what we say on the radio. And I'm not, I don't try to, I don't try to be sensational with what we say. I just try to address the, the issues. But some who do not agree with us, they don't quite understand what we're trying to do or why we're trying to do it, or they do understand and they're trying to silence. But thank you for your support and your, and your encouragement. I've been told that 
what we're doing here, and I'm not in any way trying to, I'm, I say this in total humility, but I've had people say, people in the industry say to me, what you're doing is unlike anything that anybody's doing on any scale, as far as I know, the person has said, and I've heard that from several people in the industry. And so I guess there is a uniqueness about it, but what's unique to me is that I believe God has spoken to my heart to do this, and that's why we're doing it. That's why we started doing it several years ago, and we continue to. And those of you who support us have come along and you've heard what we're saying, and I think you've sensed our spirit. Our spirit is one of humility. We do this to, first and foremost, praise the name of the Lord and direct people to his word, because ultimately that's all that stands in our world today. Our world is falling apart. Oh, I'm not saying it won't correct itself at some point because of a spiritual revival, and that's the only thing. Politics is not going to fix the problems we have today, uh, nor have they ever, but particularly the problems of today. Politics isn't going to solve that. The next time a politician looks you square in the eye and says, if you'll elect me, I'll fight for you, and I will fix this. Well, I, I think that's a good intention, and we certainly don't want to elect people who don't think they can fix it. But honestly, between you and me, they're not going to fix anything until we get our hearts right with God culturally in this country. And that's why it's important what pulpits say and don't say in this culture. And it's important that too many pastors are silent and they're sitting on the sidelines for all kinds of personal reasons, I'm sure. Perhaps they don't believe that the church should utter anything that might seem to be political. Well, that simply is is, is very wrong. It, it, it's a wrong interpretation of what God is saying through his word. And sometimes they just don't want to create waves. They don't want to have problems because people will disagree with them. And yes, they will. They're right. But why not speak the truth and have God agree with you and find peace in your heart as a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, whatever, a Bible teacher? Speak the truth of God to the culture because the word of God was not written in a vacuum. It was written to the culture. It was written in the culture. It wasn't written in another universe and delivered in some special way. God could have done that, but he didn't choose to do that. He chose to speak to the hearts of very imperfect men, whether it was Peter or David or whomever, to deliver his message of love and redemption and mercy and grace and forgiveness and, yes, his absolute rules <laughs> and what the consequences of breaking those rules are. And we've got to put that message out there, not because it's our message, it's God's message. So that's what we try to do here, and we've tried to do that every day this program has been on the air. Some days, perhaps, we do better than others, but that's our goal every day, is to simply speak the truth. Speak light into darkness, truth into confusion. Not my truth, but God's truth. I want to thank all of you who support us. It is so important, month to month to month, we meet our budget. I want to thank you for it. If you're listening to this program and if you believe in what we're doing and you are not a supporter, you haven't written checks or contributed, would you consider it? We need you. I need you to stand with us. This is not just a little something we do. This is taking a stand against darkness. And we need you to stand with us. 
Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I mentioned yesterday that the House Communications and Technology Committee held a hearing. They were holding the hearing as we were on the air. The hearing was called Fanning the Flames, Disinformation and Extremism in the Media. It was a step by the left toward silencing conservative news sources. However, while the heat was turned up on reliable conservative news sources, the mainstream media remained silent about the fact, oh, not Como, they they were silent on him too, but they remained silent about the fact that President Biden is now putting kids in those cages. Remember those cages that were in the news all the time down at the border? Well, now Biden, President Biden, is putting kids in those same cages, the cages that he and Barack Obama had had built during the Obama administration. They trashed Trump because they were holding kids in these holding cells. Now Biden's doing it, and the media won't even say it out loud. But they will look into the conservative news sources because they're spreading misinformation, and they are responsible, they alone are responsible for the riot at the Capitol, for the riots in our streets, in our cities across America, and they are confusing, these are their words, they are confusing the, the conservative media, the minds of Americans. It's so hypocritical. The children, they're all minors. They're being held in those same holding cells that they called cages when Trump was in office. National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judd, He said the hypocrisy from the left and the mainstream media truly shows they care nothing for these children. This is the guy that that heads up this. He said they care nothing for these children. They're just using them as pawns. And they use them as pawns to attack Trump. Somebody Somebody asked the press secretary, Jen Psaki, what about this? She said, well, what... She said, well, you don't understand. She said, we're overcrowded and we have to do what we have to do, but it's only temporary and on and on and on and on. Word is out in Central America and elsewhere that Biden is soft on protecting our borders, very soft. They're coming to America, man, in droves. There's thousands organizing to come to America. Yesterday, the House Communications Technology Subcommittee, they held this. They said they don't want to look into misrepresentations like those from the Biden administration, but to discover how conservative news sources may have worsened the coronavirus pandemic by spreading misinformation about not wearing masks and all of this stuff, how they spread uh, misinformation about election fraud claims, and now how they're generally spreading misinformation about other things. In fact, two members of Congress have contacted the big news people and ask them why they have not now pulled Fox News, Newsmax, and One American News Network off their platforms like DirecTV and others. They're forcing them to pull the conservative news off their platform so they can silence their voices in America. And that's where we live today. Thankfully, there's some pushback, as you would know, and we'll keep you posted as we move along on this. Ben Shapiro wrote an article yesterday, scorching, scorching the mainstream media. 
He said they're troubled by any narrative of information that contradicts their own point of view. So very, very true. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow.